Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 771. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about what is the tech sell-off about? Because I had some conversations with my family over the weekend and boy, people were really scared about this pullback in the NASDAQ. So we'll talk a little bit about that, what's causing it, and I'll share with you a brief article from Reuters talking about just that. So this article is called COVID-19 Vaccine Approval Could Stall Tech Stocks Boom, according to Goldman Sachs. And it says approvals for potential COVID-19 vaccine later this year could threaten the recent surge in speculative investment in big U.S. technology companies and pull investors back toward more traditional growth-linked cyclical stocks, according to analysts at Goldman Sachs. Seen as stay-at-home winners in the coronavirus lockdowns, shares in Apple, Facebook, Amazon, and Alphabet have surged this year and now account for nearly a fifth of the S&P 500 stock market value. Bumper results from the iPhone maker last week pushed it past Saudi Aramco to become the world's most valuable publicly listed company and heading towards a $2 trillion valuation. Of course, they're talking about Apple there and how it is just growing and growing and keeps going up, of course, with the split. And then it went up after the split and then all of a sudden started to pull back. And that's when people started to get scared. So the article goes on to say, in a global markets research note sent to clients, Goldman analysts said the current rally could last until Labor Day in early September, but would be threatened by updates on vaccines. Approval could prompt the kind of rotation that started and petered out in May and early June, supporting traditional cyclicals, steeper curves, and banks, and challenging tech leadership, they argued. End of article. So they weren't going to post the whole Goldman report there, and you pretty much have to be a client of Goldman or subscribe to the paid service on CNBC or Business Insider in order to get that full report and list of stocks that they liked. But my point really is that they're talking about the possibility of a vaccine being approved and that coming and that causing this rotation in the market. That rotation could be from technology stocks, the ones that really benefited from people staying at home, into what we saw happen in May and June, which was the small caps, the Russell 2000, the airlines, hotels, retail stores, and banks. So those undervalued companies, in some cases, those are still negative for the year. They still haven't recovered from the March decline. 
And so if now we have a vaccine and the potential of a recovery, then those stocks are now the bargains to be purchased and the money's rotating out of the high-priced, expensive valuation technology stocks and stay-at-home stocks into the stocks that will benefit from people feeling comfortable not having to stay at home or being able to venture out again and go on vacation or be out and about a lot more. And so that's what we're seeing. And part of the valuation situation is very concerning because as the article said, four stocks, four companies, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, and Google make up one fifth of the total valuation of the S&P 500, which is of course 500 stocks. So four stocks out of the 500 make up 20% of the valuation of that whole index. That is crazy. And usually that can be a sign of a topping process. It doesn't mean we've absolutely seen the top. I don't think we have, but it is a sign of a topping process that can take quite a while to happen. But it just means that it's one sign of concern. But what really is concerning is that this feels very much like a casino to me. You know, it doesn't seem like anyone's doing any research on stocks anymore. They just simply are picking their favorite, placing a bet, and it feels very casino-like. And this is not normal. It might be normal with a Robin Hood type crowd or someone who's new to investing. That might seem like the way to invest, but that's really not the way we've invested for the decades that I've been involved in investing. That's not typically what people do. Typically, people would identify a company they're interested in, then do the research What are the earnings? What's the valuation? What are their sales? What's their debt load? How are they doing against the competition? How's their market share going? What's their management like? All these different questions and some in-depth research used to be standard procedure for investing, but not anymore. It's just like, oh, I like Tesla, and so I'm going to throw some money at Tesla and hope it keeps going up. So that's very concerning because the valuations are now enormous. We're talking in the trillions of dollars. And I've shared with you in the past how much money a trillion dollars is. It's very hard to even fathom. But as I've said, a billion dollars, as a contrast to a trillion, a billion is $100 bills stacked on top of each other, the height of the Washington Monument, about 800 feet and a trillion dollars of $100 bills stacked on top of each other is 69 miles high. So the difference between 1 billion and 1 trillion is astronomical. And to have stocks valued at a trillion dollars is saying a lot. And the problem is the amount of money that they're earning doesn't often coincide with being valued at over a trillion dollars. So there is a valuation problem that we're having, but nobody seems to notice because nobody's looking at the numbers because it's a casino. So it feels very casino-like. Nobody's considering valuations except Warren Buffett, which is why he's not buying U.S. stocks, except a gold mining company, of course. And we know why he wants the gold mining company. We've talked about precious metals and our opinion about the coming bull market in precious metals as well. 
which leads me back to my conversation with my family over the weekend. And it happened to be my birthday, so everybody was calling me. And of course, we had investment conversations in each one of those phone calls. They're always asking my opinion. So my one family member asked me, well, what do you think of Microsoft? And I said, really? You want to buy Microsoft now? <laughs> like after all this time, after all these years, I owned it 20 years ago first. And I'm thinking, now is the time you want to buy Microsoft? So I said, well, let me just say this. I think that technology has really gotten ahead of itself and this pullback is badly needed. We need to get back to some levels where it makes more sense. I do think that technology, of course, has more room to run, and that goes along with my podcast about the quantum age. But when I look at investing, I like to look at where is the real opportunity? In other words, where is the difference between what a value is today and what the value should be today? And when I look at that, the obvious answer to that question in terms of where is the value and what is the most undervalued asset that I can identify is still silver. It's still silver. Even though it's been the number one performing asset class this year, even though it was the best performing asset class in July and August, even though it's up 58% year to date, handily outperforming the NASDAQ, which is up 33% year to date, I still think silver has a lot more room to run. In fact, I think silver could easily go up another 40% in the near future. So that's just the near future. But as I've shared with you, we're still way undervalued on silver. And here's the example that I gave my family member that I have said on the podcast before, but I'll say again. If you look at the way the government used to calculate inflation in the United States, the government would calculate inflation using a basket of goods and then compare that basket of goods from year to year. But over time, they took out certain goods out of that basket. They took out housing, energy, and food, the things that really make a big difference in terms of inflation. Oh, that one's uh, moving too much. Let's take that one out of the basket. So inflation looks like it's less. And so they can report a lower number. And this has happened over a very long period of time. Well, there is a website called shadowstats.com and it's owned by John Williams. And he goes back to that original basket that we had in the 1970s and says, if the government was still measuring inflation by that same basket and had housing, energy, and food still in the basket, how much inflation would we be seeing? Well, when you look at silver, and if we went back to, let's say, the high in silver in 1980 was $50, that $50, if you took the old inflation basket and you use that to measure and update that as an inflation adjusted number today, that $50 silver from the 1980s would have to be $600 to equal $50 from 1980. That's how undervalued silver is right now. So again, I'm not saying silver is going to get to 600 this year. I'm just saying of any attractive asset to invest in, I'm always looking for what's undervalued. And silver is definitely the most undervalued asset that I can identify at this time. 
So I, of course, recommended silver to my family members. They were surprised at what I told them and hopefully they'll go and invest in a little more. So let's go back to this idea about the vaccine and Goldman Sachs saying there may be a vaccine coming that would cause this rotation in the markets again. And it's my opinion that we will see a vaccine and or a treatment for COVID that will be here before the election. I have already told my VIP members that over a month ago. That's my opinion that there will be a vaccine and or treatment that makes people feel very comfortable that they can go out, that it will be trusted and accepted. It's not going to be something that people feel is not adequate. They will feel very comfortable with this. This is what my market indicators are telling me, that people are going to feel like this is something that is going to help them and make them feel confident and comfortable going out again. So that means that the markets could rally quite a bit from here. If that's true, that people feel like there is a vaccine and or treatment, the markets could rally a lot higher. It doesn't necessarily mean that's technology. It means it's the things that haven't been recovering yet. The things I mentioned, the Russell 2000, the airlines, the hotels, retail, and banks. That's where the money will go, and that's where we're already seeing the money rotate out of NASDAQ into those undervalued assets. Because again, if people feel that they're not afraid anymore of getting ill, then they'll fly, they'll stay in hotels, they'll do the things that they weren't doing. So this is what the Goldman Report is saying, and this is what I'm seeing in my market indicators as well, that right now we've got this rotation out of technology into these undervalued assets, and that is likely indicating there's some sort of a treatment or vaccine or both that's going to be accepted and make people feel better, and that's going to cause the markets to rise even more. So we'll be following it and reporting on it to you, but I wanted to share that information and just give you the scoop on the underlying rotation that's going on between institutions and so on. I also just you know, wanted to bring it to your attention that the stock market is feeling very casino-ish. And if you're choosing stocks based on what you think feels good, or this one has gone up a lot, so I wanna buy it, now maybe it's reverse course and it's going down. That's what happens with momentum stocks, and that's what happens when there isn't underlying research done. And then you have nowhere to go when there is a pullback because you don't know what fair valuation should be. So then you don't know whether you should keep the stock, whether you should hold on through the pullback, or whether you should cut your losses. And this is the question that all people are going to have to ask themselves that have gotten into the markets late because they weren't buying back in March when we were, they were getting in this summer as the markets were on a tear. So now they have to ask themselves, what do I do now? Well, if you're doing the research and you know what fair valuation really is, then you have a number and a price per share that you feel it's worth, and you can have that as the target that you wanna hold the stock until. But when you don't have that, you're just subject to whatever's going on in the marketplace. So what I would say is, number one, be sure you're diversified. A lot of people have gotten into stocks who have never bought in stocks before. A lot of people are buying stocks and 
again, just for momentum, but they don't have the basics. So make sure you have small caps, mid caps, large caps in your portfolio before you go speculating on stocks. Number two, sometimes it's better to add an ETF, a sector that you're excited about rather than trying to find an individual stock. Because if you're excited about stay-at-home stocks or you're excited about cloud computing stocks or gaming stocks or biotechs or something else, then you can buy the ETF that represents that sector and you don't have to be putting money on one particular company. So I do like to pick the sectors that I think will continue to do well rather than trying to just pick one company. Number three, you always want to be investing for the long term. So if there is a company that you buy and it's an individual stock, it's something you should want to own for five years at least. And remember, you're competing in the markets against professionals. The professionals don't necessarily have a long-term outlook. They have a very short time horizon that they have to show a positive return in order to get paid well by their clients. So they are the ultimate chase short money people. These are hedge funds, of course, that I'm speaking of, but a lot of money is controlled by the hedge funds and they're chasing after short-term returns. So as the markets rotate from here or there, you can see big moves because of where the hedge funds are running from one sector to another. That doesn't mean that's how you want to invest, nor should it be how you invest. Again, you should be investing with a longer term time horizon, especially the younger you are. If you have time until retirement, 20 or 30 years, then I wouldn't be worried about the market here. But if you are closer to retirement age, you want to pull back on the amount of risks that you're taking and make sure that you're not overdoing it in the risk categories with particularly individual stocks. So those are just some thoughts I want to share with you. I still have some people that haven't identified that they are winners in the contest. So make sure to go back to the August 31st podcast and see if your name was on the winner's list. You may have won something and don't even know it. And I want to remind you that the Wealth Mentoring Library is available on my website at lindapjones.com forward slash podcasts. There's a search bar. You can search for any topic that you want to know about. It's your Wealth Mentoring Library to learn about whatever financial topic you choose from mindset to investing and beyond. And no matter what your financial situation, whether you're starting with a million dollars or at zero, the Wealth Heiress book will give you a plan because it will break down exactly what you need to do to build wealth in a way that makes it so simple to understand. People are amazed that they have a new perspective after reading the book and can walk away with their millionaire action plan very easily and understand exactly what to do for financial freedom. So check that out. If you haven't read the Wealth Heiress book, it's available on Amazon or amazon.uk or other fine bookstores. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.